overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. We're back. We are back again. Three, three in a row-ish. Three in a row-ish. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, we, did, we, just haven't, we just haven't week. released the second one. That's yes. true. We are we're at three in a row, and tonight we are interviewing one of my favorite people and one of the first people I met at DBC. Although I only just recently learned how to pronounce her <laughs> last name, I have been saying Amy Iodi, but it turns <laughs> out. And and I would like to say that I have won my internal bet because I said that there was no way you wouldn't say. Amy, Amy Iodi in the intro. <laughs> that's right, but it's not Amy Iodi. It's Amy Iot that's with us tonight. Amy Iot, welcome. Thank you. And I'm just, just as a shout out to my co-host, are you feeling very self-sufficient? You just pressed record. Yeah. Our, our audio engineer is not here tonight. Yes. I AKA would, your husband. Yeah, but it, it didn't go seamlessly. It did I, not go seamlessly, but I think we're recording. Well, we are. See, what, what happened, now you may not, you may understand this because your husband does audio things too, uh-huh. Laura, but when I went out there to hit like the record button, it started playing another track. And so somehow the way he records it, it's like when you're recording music, how there's like multiple tracks uh-huh. at like the bass line, the drum line, the guitar line. And our last week's episode is the bass line, as it were. Mm. And it started playing. It's still recording, y'all, but the bass line is playing in the background. Like like you might be playing drums to the guitar that you're listening to. I have no idea what you're saying right now. I'm <laughs> saying it was playing it out there. I thought, okay, we're erasing this whole thing by recording uh-huh. it, but it was like on a different line. I think it, usually the like the equipment now in 2019 doesn't work like tape players yeah, that's from 1994. Yes, it turns out. Although I do still say like videos. And, uh-huh. I'm yes, taping you. I'm taping uh-huh. you. But yeah, I'll, I'll, I did have to call the audio engineer, and he didn't answer the phone, so I, I had to call the audio was, engineer's I think your friend. Quote was, I am literally going to kill Kyle. If yeah, he doesn't I, answer the phone. I may have said something to that effect. <laughs> they never answer the phone. Do, you, do no. they answer the phone? And I, I guarantee he wouldn't have answered I'm, the phone if I hadn't called Joel Sharp. <laughs> Kaylin, Kaylin always answers the phone. I am the non-phone answerer. Laura, Laura's MO, and she did it to me just this weekend. <laughs> you know, we were talking about other people who shall remain nameless, who may not answer or, or may not respond to texts. If you if you text them something that is disappointing news, uh-huh. <laughs> Laura Laura will not respond to your text if she's going to deliver disappointing news. Yeah, I just choose to avoid that altogether. Yeah, she just you'll be in the middle of like y'all are texting back and forth. It's like ha ha, she's sending you gifts and all this stuff, and then you ask her like y'all want to come over for dinner tomorrow? Dead silence. It's crickets. <laughs> Crickets, just, and then she never put that in itself as an answer that I don't have to say anything. Her phone down and went to go. It's not though. I, I did. Read it. I know. I did. I saw that question, and then I set my phone down. <laughs> <laughs> but I also 
sometimes, mitigating factor. And anytime I, that's what Kyle sometimes thinks I'm like crazy because he's like, I think you're reading into this. I'm like, I'm not reading, not just, not just you, all situations, but it's like, not all situations. I don't always know, but usually I'm pretty good at like, she is not responding on purpose. Uh-huh. You were right. And I was right you about were. that one. But that was a sweet, it was kind and thoughtful of you to try not to respond. Although, just rip the band-aid off. I will Because you don't like her yes. cooking? Um, no. No, we had other things going on that afternoon. And she was invited say... somewhere else that she thought I might feel like I would like to be invited there too. <laughs> which I turned out to be invited there. Just didn't know yet. It was very adolescent. <laughs> so it was very adolescent girl of yes. me. She, <laughs> she didn't want me to know that she was going to our other friend's house. <laughs> gotcha. And I was maybe not invited. Which I wasn't at that point. But because became, she thought you'd be out of town, and yes. I thought you would be invited, but I didn't know what the whole thing looked like, so it was a fan Anyway. Yeah, so anyway, <laughs> she couldn't come to dinner with me because she was going to dinner with our other friend, but she didn't want to say, I can't go to dinner with you. I've chosen someone I've else. I've chosen someone else. <laughs> and you're not I invited. I have other plans, because if you would have said I have other plans, then that would have started a whole other oh, yeah, scenario. No, I know. Although bed. I usually know also whenever they say, I have other plans, and I'm like, they didn't mention what the plans are. They must be going to so-and-so's house, right? and they don't want That's very know. adolescent girl of you but it's always been true i've not always yeah, i know i know we all have heard feelings about something but i don't i just i'm like i'm just like an idiot savant with that sort of thing i can sense out the the junior high girl situation it's because you said you've you've had years of experience of talking about hair makeup and other people's business that's true that's you true. just learned to speak a whole second language i know i i one of these maybe we'll have amy iote back <laughs> sometime to like let's don't don't do that your enneagram journey yet Wait and let's do it. We'll do it. We'll figure it out because okay. I already think she's a seven. Well, okay. Oh, wait. Oh. So let me just tell you because I've been listening to the podcasts and because um, everyone's just, talking about the Enneagram. Yeah, and we just finished Pine Cove with Jenny Smith and Emily um, Jarvis and Laura Seifert, who all know their number and they talk uh -huh. about it. Oh, we yeah, they were, in our, they were in our Enneagram group last like, summer. Like, thinking your nose going, oh, no, what you're talking about? It's really not as fun to me because y'all know what you're talking about. None of us are here. Spoken like so, a true seven. Exactly. No, no, no. But so I took the test today because I'm or like, a nine. they're oh. going to start talking about it and they're going to ask and I am actually a two. Oh, oh wait, too. no, wait, wait. Okay, you took the test and you're a two? Well, okay, the, the, the questions, the way I answered them, Called me a two with a three wing. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve judgment until you actually read the book because I okay. feel like the test, especially Christian women, lends okay. itself to two. The subtitle to this this conversation right here would say Jessica Denny has issues and countertransference issues with twos <laughs> and refuses to let anybody just be a healthy two. <laughs> If there was a narrator, yes, they, they might, might say, say something they might like that. that. So you're Annie, right. And if Annie was here, she'd be silently laughing. Annie laughs. Annie laughs. <laughs> so I don't know what I am, but that's yes. what the. So the I test. was like, it's eighty questions, and I can't do it while I'm at work because eighty. No, no, no. It wasn't oh, okay. eighty. Somebody else told me it was eighty questions. I've never taken the test. Anyway, but it was. That's yes. what it said. So, okay. So it's it may not, or may it's not, not be inconceivable that, that to me that you're two. But I do think that the tests 
are geared towards your behaviors and the Enneagram is really geared about motivation and fear. Mm. And so sometimes behaviors, especially in Christian women, and I don't think this is just countertransference. I think this is true. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think behaviors in in Christian women lend themselves to two. I could see that being true. Like that's what, that is the way we outwardly behave. Even Mm. I sometimes Mm -hmm. behave like a two. Mm -hmm. Although we all know that's not true. Well, (laughs) I have four books to read this summer, and I'm one and a half into it. Oh, so that wow. could be the okay. Last one. Okay, and, and, and so you will have to come back and let us know if you turn out to really be an Enneagram two, and then you can be like, "In your face, Jessica, the test works." Uh-huh. After your after your after your realization is laced in a little bit more shame okay. than it could have been from the beginning. <laughs> so, Amy, tell us a smidge about yourself, like. What do you do if that's stay-at-home mom? I already know what you do, but, you know, like, pretend like our listeners don't. But, like, what do you do if you're stay-at-home mom, if you work, your kids, your family, where are you from? I'm from here. Dallas, Texas. About a mile away, yeah. Um, Grew up just right down meandering from the church, Mm -hmm. between meandering and Hillcrest, right? Um, There, and my dad actually lived there until about three years ago. Oh, wow. And then he moved into, like, assisted living, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Um, so from Dallas, um, lived here my whole life, except for the six years I was in Lubbock because I went to school and then taught. And then I was overseas a couple years teaching. I just assumed so. you meant you were in undergrad for six years. Cause that's what I did. No. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't like school that much uh-huh. the first time. So I wanted to really just get it, done. get it over with. Yeah. Cause I knew since I was six that I wanted to be a teacher. So I'm a teacher. Um, although you I took- taught. My friend, this is, I said she's one of the first people I met in the church. It is because I met her the very first day. She was Hank's kindergarten teacher at church, Sunday Aww. school teacher. And she is our dear friend, Les, or was our dear friend Leslie Hornberger's daughter's um, oh. kindergarten teacher. Because you were right. maybe long-term seven. So long-term seven, for, yeah. for McKenna. So. Yes. So I um, taught for... 10 years and then stayed home for 15. Oh, wow. And so um, then kind of started back. I was tutored the whole time when the, the kids were little, but then um, went back to seven because, you know, after they're not home anymore, it's kind of hard to, I mean, it's not hard to be a stay-at-home mom, but then at some point your husband's like, um, you're spending more money than. <laughs> so yeah. a paycheck would be yeah. special. Right. So so I went back to seven and then I um, did some long-term seven and then my husband's like, well, you know four mm-hmm. years we have a kid going to college mm-hmm. and um, oh, I think maybe it'd be a good idea because how much harder could real teaching be than substitute teaching uh. <laughs> so um, that that might be part of another question but so I'm a teacher and I have lived here in Dallas my whole life grew and, up here and you're married I am married I've been married to Kelly for 21 years and June knows 21 years um, which makes me sound really old, but sometimes no. I feel really old. Um, and we it have does. Kids. 21 it years does. is a long it time. Is a long That's time. amazing. And also, considering that I didn't meet him until I was 28. Oh, wow. So that tells you how old I'm very old. Um, and we have a 14-year-old son who is currently at this very moment in South Korea, which is such an exciting, fun thing for him. Doing getting beaten up by a getting kung fu master. <laughs> when, when they sent those pictures, because they have this stick thing they were doing they were you know deflecting I guess and um, the parents started sending texts they have this really cool app that you can do it's like Facebook Messenger for international Mm -hmm. so I can see everything that they're saying to each other like hey you want to meet for coffee or I kind of know what's going on even though I'm not there Mm -hmm. and then all these pictures and immediately their teacher was like 
please don't post any pictures of the blah, blah, whatever it was called on Facebook of, I guess, the Grandmaster, like, whacking them. So, whoops, don't say that. <laughs> the Grandmaster isn't listening. And, um, and then there was another one where I guess he fed them the last night, and there were these things, like, cans on the table. And I looked, and I go, oh, those are really interesting-looking. I guess that's some kind of soda or whatever. And then I noticed that it was all the parents. And, and then later on, after Master saw those pictures, he's like, and please don't post any Facebook pictures of us drinking with the Grandmaster. <laughs> so I guess it was not soda. It was perhaps beer. <laughs> so, you know, don't want to ruin the Grandmaster's. I, I don't know that he's going to listen to our podcast. So you, so you have one. Uh, you one who's 14, boy, and then also one who will be, J- Jake is 14, and then Luke will be 17 this month. Oh, my So, and he's um, going to be a junior, and Jake is going to be a freshman at Pierce. Wow. So, yeah. My alma mater. And, yeah. And, see, I went to Richardson, um, but that was back when Richardson and Pierce were very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Although, probably the people at each school didn't think they were similar. Right. Everybody, yes. Anybody who graduated from Richardson has a hard time sending their kids to Pierce, and anyone who graduated from Pierce has a hard time sending their kids to Richardson. Except for you. Which is my story. Um, There was a time where I thought I would have a harder time sending them to Richardson, but I don't care now. Yeah. (laughs) Like, just keep going. I kind of want to... Jake... So, they chose to go to different schools, and so Jake would actually, if he stayed on the track where he is, he would actually go to Richardson. But he's... To where we live, you can choose between uh-huh. what school you go to in okay. junior high. So anyway, that has nothing to do with this. But well, you're getting. Anyway. That, I I'm taking away that you're getting close to the college years, which is crazy. It is crazy, and so different from you know like you have to be way smarter to get into any college. Like when I was in school, I was like I could have gone to anywhere because I was in the top quarter of my class, uh-huh. and now. If you want to go to anywhere, you have to be in like the top three percent of it's, your class. It's and gotten kind of crazy. It's ridiculous. So I'm just glad that they're they're brighter than I am, and that <laughs> hopefully that'll work yeah, out for them. Exactly. <laughs> They'll figure it out. So exactly. you you grew up. You went to Richardson. Went to Richardson. Tell, tell us a little, just a little bit about childhood. Um, life, family. So I grew up. Um, I have a sister who still lives here in Canyon Creek, um, and my parents were married their whole marriage. My mom passed away about nine years ago, mm. um, which seems really long. Um, and it doesn't seem mm-hmm. physically that long, but when I think about how when long you it is. you say nine years, it sounds... Yeah, it sounds like a long time, but it doesn't always seem like it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I loved my life. I had a great life. And um, we went to church um, right next to Richardson High School, where mm-hmm. my dad still goes when he can go, because he has... He's in a wheelchair, so he didn't get to get around as much as he could. Um, so I knew growing up who God was and who Jesus was and heard stories and all of those things. But And went through... Is that an Episcopal church? That's it's right a Presbyterian. Presbyterian. Well, there's probably every church. That used to I know, be called I'm like Church tra- Row. Mm-hmm. So like where I grew up, when my parents bought their house in the early 60s, there were like a couple of houses and fields. And so my mom, mm-hmm. I remember my mom used to say like how we go over to, um, let's see, like the other side of Renner. What's that park over there? Um, like Breckenridge, Breckenridge. Park, way down there. Yes. She would say, oh, that's where the heck out there. Like she <laughs> thought that was like Oklahoma. Yes. Like, because 
she was used to everything just kind of being right here. It's crazy, yes. Yeah. On yeah. Saturday morning, when you're trying to get a kid to a soccer game, it's felt like Oklahoma it Day, does. too. Yeah, yeah for all Especially the lights. Especially when you're, yeah. you're trying to get... This is true. This yeah. is true. But, but yes, less Oklahoma. Like it's just no. like, why is it so... Con- the population so condensed in Oklahoma. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, um, went to church, knew about God and Jesus, and but didn't feel like, really, to me... Um, I didn't really get the personal relationship with with Christ until mm-hmm. high school. Okay. And what happened um, what happened in high school that changed that for you? Um I started going to Young Life cuz I oh, yeah, I was I, I'm a people person and mm-hmm. I loved being around people and it was a group and place to go and a mm-hmm. thing to do and so I did that and when I went on we we traveled as when we were little like but it was road trips in Texas mm-hmm. which you know can be very long. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're driving to California, but long trips. But we didn't go anywhere big and fun. So the first summer that I could go on a Young Life um, trip, the way they did it back then was you would go for a week to, like if you were going to end up in Colorado at um, camp, they mm-hmm. would take you for a week to Col- to California first, and you'd go to Disney. And so you'd get to hang out with all your high school friends. That sounds wonderful. Yeah, from all four high schools because there was not so many that they couldn't all go together. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd build relationships for a week and get to be friends. And then you'd go to Young Life Camp and you'd get wow, that Wow, I didn't know they did that. Yeah, and it was amazing. So I went like every summer that you could. So, um, you know, one summer, that first summer we went to California and Disney and Epcot and all that. And wow. then we went to uh, Young Life Camp in Colorado. Um, and then one summer we went to Florida and did all the Disney stuff. And then we went to a camp in North Carolina. So it was in, in between... Back then, ninth grade was in junior high still, and so you really weren't in high school until you were in tenth grade. So after tenth grade that summer, went to Young Life Camp and felt like I really, even though I knew the gospel, I really heard the gospel and mm-hmm. understood what a personal relationship was because I didn't really get the personal relationship. I got the head knowledge, but I didn't understand the the relationship thing. And so I remember coming back home and and asking my mom like well, why don't we read the Bible every day in our church? And she's like, well, it's not that you can't. We just don't think you have to. I'm like, well, of course you don't have to, but why wouldn't you want to? Mm-hmm. You know, like I just, I got, a, I had a fire in me mm-hmm. that, um, but it was real not normal. I mean, I remember my sister coming in and going, why are you reading the Bible? I'm like, it just wasn't what we did. Right. It wasn't like there was anything wrong with it. It just mm-hmm. wasn't something that was, I'd grown up with. So mm-hmm. I felt like that was really when my, faith my faith became, became my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, and then it's just been smooth sailing ever since. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, 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 no. But I did, I mean, I really learned what walking with the Lord looked like. And it's, it's been, um, it was so good for me because they had so many young leaders and I was in a Bible study with this girl who was a graduate of UT and she, so she was really young and to have somebody that was closer in age than like a parent would be Mm. teaching me because you know the people who taught me in Sunday school and I still remember them and still know a lot of them but they're parents you know and I think it really made a difference made it more relevant right that that there was somebody and she took us to UT when we got closer to to going to college and let us visit there and she taught us all these little things that probably seem very you know normal to us as you grow up with in like a Bible church, but the things that I've just never heard, mm-hmm. you know, like praying for others and um, joy, but you know, it's Jesus, others, you, and just those kinds of things that I just hadn't heard. And that's when I really started memorizing scripture. And so I, I just remember like they had us doing that and 
those are the, the ones that if I hear the first three words, I can still recite those mm-hmm. verses that I learned back then. And so that really started what I feel like was my, my walk with the Lord. And then went to college and, I mean, I wasn't always a good girl, for sure. I, um, You went to Texas Tech, so. Well, I went to Texas Tech. Tells me but something. I, let me just tell you. <laughs> There's okay. just not that much to do out there. Not, especially in 1986, let me tell you. I yeah. am OLD. And so if you couldn't boot scoot, you know, or you didn't, I mean, there's nothing to uh-huh. do out there. That, that is true. Get and, into trouble. Yeah. yeah, get into trouble. And I was in a sorority. And luckily for me, my sorority made me study because I didn't really know how to study either. I just kind of was one of those smooth sailing. But right after my senior year, I went on, um, at, I went and worked at a Young Life camp. So I went to mm-hmm. um, Windy Gap, North Carolina, and I mm-hmm. worked there and um, met all these cool kids. But most of them were already in college. And so I met a girl from Baylor and I met a girl from Auburn. So I came home and back then you didn't have to know what you wanted to do when you were in ninth grade. Right. Play in your whole world. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was really, it was right after my senior year and I don't even know that I applied. You didn't have your whole life mapped out and all of your extracurriculars and your service projects. No. So I remember coming home and going, I would like to go to Baylor or I'd like to go to Auburn. And my mom looked and she's like, Texas public. Yeah. It's like, Oh, Okay, mm-hmm. I'll just go to Texas Tech because everybody else I knew was going to UT or A&M and I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to go where everybody was. I kind of wanted a fresh start and wanted to do something new. And, of course, then later I would cry because I was an eight-hour drive and yeah, all my other friends could get there in three hours and their mother could do their laundry and I didn't have that. But, you know, I mean, it, I I learned a lot. I, um, you know, I had time to kind of sow my oats and have fun, but I never was really, really bad because I was always scared of not knowing what would happen to me if I did such and such, Mm -hmm. you know. Does that make sense? It totally does. So now that you're at DBC, you're teaching again, Mm -hmm. like teaching as a, as your career. Right. Um, tell us a little bit about how, um, how you like to use your, what, how you like to serve in the church. Um, well, I teach Sunday school because I love that. Um, but part of it too, is I just, I love people. And so I feel like God has given me that, like my kids are always like, mom, stop talking to people. Like when church is over and I'm like, it is my gift. So if yeah. you don't like it, you can walk home or you can go home. We, we always bring two cars because my husband is the same way. He's an introvert. And he's like, he doesn't want to stand there while I'm talking mm. because I could do that for hours. So, sure. mm-hmm. so they usually bring another car, and now Luke can drive. So that I try that to problem. strategically go outdoors, so I have to walk through the crowd, right, and see people. <laughs> and my kids are like, "Can we please they just get to like the car?" That. Yeah. So, but at one point, like in 2014, when the church was remodeling, I was actually the interim children's pastor, and so um, I teach not only because I think it's an amazing thing to do. But I also just feel like I see that how good that is for the kids to have consistency. Mm. And I also feel a little bit bad that I don't want to leave sweet Zane in the lurch with because I can do it and it's easy for me and I enjoy it. And I and I've started to just kind of move up with the kids. And so I see the benefit of that, too, because that's something I didn't have Mm -hmm. as a kid was somebody who I mean, I did in a way because I. The people were always the same, but just to see that growth in the kids is really fun to me. I always um, appreciate 
and I, and I'm like, I need to be, I I need to be praying for the church for this, but I always appreciate the weekly volunteers in Uh children's ministry because as much as I appreciate everyone serving in children's ministry, Uh um, it is so good. I'm like, it is so good for my kids when they have that same right. person. Mm-hmm. And that was like so, so awesome when we were new to the church sure. to have you every mm-hmm. week be there to Green right. Tank. That that really mattered. And then to have, like, to really have an opportunity to build a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So I that's one of those things I need to be diligent about praying for, for the church. Just that, that the people that that's who God is tugging there, sure. that they would respond to that and not be afraid of that commitment. Because it really... Is, I, I, it's been wonderful for my kids, right. and I'm really grateful that you were there mm-hmm. the, well, the year you. we came when that was the hardest. Well, and I feel I feel a little bit, but I mean, it's not about feel. It's when I went back. Maybe she time, is a two because <laughs> I say that, and I'm like, but I don't want to do it. right. Well, <laughs> even though I was a teacher and used to be like a preschool director, uh-huh. exactly. Yeah. Well, so I need to hear more about your story, but. So when I went back full time after, because that was the thing, I'm like, I'm I'm not teaching during the week, so uh-huh. that was easy for me to do because you went every all week right. because I went. It yeah, changes it when. So then a couple of years ago, I went back full time after yeah. after subbing, and I went back full time, and that was a really really hard transition because I mean, think about anything you haven't done mm-hmm. for 15 years is really hard, mm-hmm. and school changed so much in 15 years oh, sure. kids in the world and everything else and so it was really it was really a struggle because I felt like that the job that I took was the one that God said this is it um and it it wasn't easy and it was mm-hmm. it was hard like I didn't love it and I didn't I had to basically just kind of pray myself out of bed in the morning and mm-hmm. because it wasn't it wasn't what it was a struggle it was a real big struggle and so at that point, I was like, I can't do every other uh, every week. I'm going to go to every other week, which has worked out because now that I don't have oh, little whoops, kids. Sorry, I didn't mean to guilt and shame you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no I didn't feel that, but it's like, I, I, but just you know, there's you can't do it no, seven yeah, days a week, totally, you know, or yeah. six days a week, and so. But I've gotten to match up with people whose kids are still in that grade because my kids are older, and mm-hmm. even though I love them, youth is not my thing. Mm-hmm. Like. Little kids I get, and they're shorter than me, so that's always a bonus. You know, I feel like the youth are, when you're in about fourth or fifth grade, you're taller than me, and I don't have a lot of authority over that if you're taller than me. You're going to have an edit alert because you actually are about the the height of my pediatrician. <laughs> I'm not my pediatrician, but my children's pediatrician. Uh-huh. And one of the things that, like, part of the reason why I went to her, she was my, uh, she, she was my preceptor when I was in PA school. Like okay. she's who I do. I did my peds rotation with and I loved her. Um, but also Lydia at the time was, I didn't have Hank yet, but Lydia was terrified of our pediatrician who was this wonderful LSU grad, loved him. He was such a nice man, but Lydia was terrified of all men other than her father and her granddad. And so I was like, you know what, I'll just, we're going to switch to Dr. Malici. Dr. Malici looks like a, you know, the size of a 12-year-old girl. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Not the, but you uh, know, you know. Oh, if only, <laughs> only in height, but yeah. yes. <laughs> yes. But um, I'm like, we, like, we'll just go to Dr. Malici. She cannot be terrifying. She wears yoga pants. Mm-hmm. She has a stethoscope that has a frog encapsulated mm-hmm. in like a little, like an ember thing. Mm-hmm. That Lydia will be fine, and Lydia did was not is was not and is not scared of Dr. Malici. Now she's like twelve. About two years ago, 
I told her she had a doctor's appointment and she was acting all like woe begotten. And I was like, Lydia, what is the problem? I was like, you love Dr. Malici. She's super nice. And she's like, yeah, but I have to take my clothes off. <laughs> right. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I guess that's that's yeah. the worst. That gets... Yeah, I guess that still doesn't make well, it fun. Yeah, well, aren't you lucky? She's a girl, not a boy. Yes. <laughs> oh, you know. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like that. I mean, that's how I serve in the church. Is I. Um, and you're you're you've got actually you're taking on an, another role this summer as Don goes on sabbatical. Right. Don so Don Moody, when Don started. Um, is right at the beginning. I think that was right at the beginning of when she'd been there. Let's count, let's count that out because it's 2019. She's been there. I'm going to say seven, seven years. years. Yeah. She's going on so, sabbatical. So she's yeah. going on sabbatical because she's been there seven years. And so um, she asked if I would step in for her for the summer, which actually worked out great because for one thing, I'm here this summer. And for another thing, I quit my job. <laughs> so oh, you did. I, did. Okay. I quit my job with the school district oh, because wow. it just after two years, you know, it just wasn't, it was not life-giving. It was life The juice wasn't worth the squeeze. No, it was so not. So, but I do have a new job, um, and I am going to be teaching three-year-olds with, um, at our Redeemer Lutheran Church. Oh, I'm like, Mm -hmm. is that Carrie Sebastian? That's where Carrie and, Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Sebastian and Brittany Ziegler both teach. And so, like, the Bible church people are taking over the preschool Mm -hmm. (laughs) at our Redeemer Lutheran. And I'm so, so, so excited because, um, just, I met with the principal several times and Mm -hmm. just the people, just the outlook and the positivity and just the love for Jesus is, the shortness of the students. That. They're all, they will be shorter than me because they're three. And so I just... It feels like an answered prayer. It's a huge answer to prayer. And I didn't even realize how big until I just couldn't... I just didn't sign mm-hmm. my contract with the district. And and my husband kept saying, you don't have to go back. You don't mm-hmm. have to go back. You just, oh, good just move, make husband. it till... Yeah, he was like, just make it till Thanksgiving. Just make it till Christmas. Just make mm-hmm. it till... Like he was just getting me through it. So... Um, so, yeah, it's fun because I get to serve the kids. I get to help out my friend. I get to work with a fantastic team. I love our church staff. And it's grown, like, doubled at least since I was there last time. And um, so I get I love that. And then I also help with Pine Cove Camp in the City in the summers and love, love, love that because I get to see kids that I have taught in the elementary schools because I've been around for a while and just – pouring into kids in the neighborhood and their families and getting to see these amazing um, college kids and how they're they love you. I mean, they, everyone has always celebrated all you do, which is bigger than just you like serving and putting out a couple bags of chips. Well, people do like you when you feed them. I'm just going to say, it doesn't doesn't take a lot when you're going to feed them. But, um, but it's just one of those things that way, way back when, um, when Pine Cove started, Robin and Mickey was our children's pastor, and she was a Pine Cove counselor herself. And so she just kind of taught us this is this is how we serve. Mm. And um, I totally credit her for the way that our church loves on those Pine Cove counselors because that's just that the bar was set, and she set it that way. And that's just we wouldn't we don't know how to do it any differently. Um, but apparently, it is not typical of how that's most churches treat them and mm-hmm. so I love that I love that about our body and um, how they've, they've just kind of all taken that on as a 
as a project. Mm-hmm. Of course, know. and it, it's sort of interesting because, of course, every time I go to Pine Cove where my kids are there at camp or we're there for a retreat, mm-hmm. um, that's how they treat us. Right. <laughs> and and mm-hmm. so she, it's, it's almost like she, she learned it, Robin learned it from mm-hmm. them. Right. And then she turned around and, and then exactly. doing it back. Right. Well, and she was a Pine Cove counselor. Well, that's not, no, yeah. that, that's what I'm right. saying. Like, yes. she, like she, that she saw how they served. Right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and wanted to serve them that way. That's really cool. And I think secretly, if I would have gone to a church that had gone to church camps, like I never did that as a kid. I was a Girl Scout, so I went to Girl Scout camp and loved it. And I think my mother, I mean, I think as soon as I could go for two weeks, my mom sent me there. So I was the one that was active is what they called me. And so they didn't have any more after me. Uh-huh. I think I was just all that they needed, and so they just didn't want to have any more. But yeah. um, you built the house with that good energy. Exactly. That's it. So I don't know. Um, but I think I would have. I would have loved to be a Pine Cove counselor mm-hmm. had had that been something that I even knew about mm-hmm. at the time. I could totally see that. So. Oh, for sure. I know you've touched on it a little bit talking about it, but how do you see your like spiritual gifting? Um, we've talked about how you serve. What, what do you have you ever you know examined what your spiritual gifts are? What do you feel like? I have, but it's been so long that I think that they might have changed. Like the older I've gotten, but I feel like. Um, I, I have the gift of encouragement, and I love to encourage others. Um, and maybe that's because I like to be encouraged, but mm. um, I really, really, truly just love people. So when I see somebody, I, I know how it feels to... And maybe a big part of that is in the last couple of years, I haven't felt appreciated at my job mm-hmm. necessarily. And so I see how important that is to show other people, mm-hmm. like, even if they're... Everybody's got something that can be appreciated. And so, um, and it doesn't help anybody to point out their flaws. So it doesn't? Well, especially especially in the absence of encouragement and appreciation. Are y'all sure? (laughs) I know it's crazy. Exactly. People don't enjoy being criticized. Is that what you're saying? Uh, That's what I'm saying. Especially when it's like exclusively by itself. Not the good I I, I say I like to deliver a good news, bad news, good news sandwich. sandwich. Or sometimes it's a good news, bad news, open face sandwich. Right. Because. Because sometimes they don't have a third. Right. You can't. I mean, like sometimes you are. I do try to always at least do an open face sandwich. Exactly. You can find something. It's yeah. and so and then it can and can be, let me tell you, I had twenty three precious ones in my class this year and mm-hmm. at that end of the year, you know, on the report card you're supposed to put comments and Sometimes, it, luckily, they give you ones to choose from, but it can be a stretch sometimes. You're digging deep. To be positive. Yes, that's and, what. So uh-huh. I was a Sky Ranch counselor. Okay. And we always would do awards for the campers right. at the end of the week, and yes, we had pages and pages that I have saved to this day because I thought they were such good, but like different character qualities right. that we could write on their little award. And there were some girls that um, we thought were maybe the more spirited ones, a little maybe a little bossy, a little mm-hmm. a little something. And we always gave them the leadership award. Right. And so at the end of the summer... Oh, wait, so if my, one of my kids gets the leadership award... Uh, well, no, at the end of the summer, they were, I may have told this on the podcast, at the end of the summer, our bosses gave all of us these cups with our character quality on them. Oh, was yours um, the leadership award? Sure was. <laughs> <laughs> and I laugh because you know what? My entire growing up life, my sister told me I was bossy. <laughs> I was always told I was bossy, uh-huh. and I, I hated that. Yeah. I hated it. 
Me too, and I still will say to my children now, stop bossing each other yes. around. <laughs> <laughs> but they might not know that it's... Stop being such a leader. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So you, you talked a little bit about like that, that recent struggle. Can you think of a time um, where God has really shown up for you other than that that's really shaped you as a Christian? Like a hard time? or I mean, I think there's been several, and, and I hate going back so far, but I feel like, um, you know, I said my mom had passed away, and um, she was a a good mom, um, but we weren't really, really close. Mm-hmm. And um, she always treated me like a daughter, and I. She was always my mom. She was definitely mm-hmm. always my mom. We weren't ever these buddies, and and maybe partly because she was a little bit older when she had me too. Um, and I, I was always very um, critical, maybe not outwardly, but in my heart about. Um, like her and her, you know, I think kids are just that way when you're teenagers. You're very critical of your parents, and you could always do it better, right? But um, I know I could. Yeah. <laughs> you mean the other day when my ten year old smited me for letting for giving in to my toddler's demands? Yeah, like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was I like, "Mom, you. don't give in to him." It's like, don't judge me. Exactly. I just wanted to stop crying. Exactly. <laughs> um, but when after she. She passed away. She was sick for a year. She had cancer four times. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. So she so it just kept recurring. Yes. So she mm-hmm. had cancer. She was, I think she was 18 years cancer free. We used to always, um, where I grew up, the, the three day. You mean over there? Walk. Yeah. <laughs> yonder. Yeah. Over right yonder. Here. Yes. Down. Just actually the school where <laughs> I just have been teaching. They, the three day walkers for the coming three day walked by there and we always did, um, a cheering station for him and every year we'd cross out how many years cancer free and put it on there like I'm a, you know my mm-hmm. mom's a survivor and then after she passed away we had another poster and so I think they I remember. still do it over here because I remember that when we used to live in Richardson Heights yes. that, that uh, like I they used to walk down Beltline yes. and I, I would always get like teary-eyed I know like well this year they honking I waving. don't know exactly how they went because they were they had torn up that street. So this year they didn't go the same way. So I, and because I was working, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I, I'm sorry. I'm no, that's okay. You. So she had can- breast cancer and then it recurred. Mm. And so actually when I came back from Russia, which I was there from 1992 to 1994 teaching, oh, wow. she actually got cancer again when mm-hmm. I came back from there. And so that was, 1994 was her last time. But then she got, later I had ovarian cancer. Oh, and then it, the, the fourth time it recurred was when she... You know, she just looked at us and said, I can't do it again. Mm. Um, which was completely understandable because when your body's mm. been through that much. But um, so, but I feel like since she's passed away, um, like I always questioned, she knew God. I, I think it was hard for me because, because I went to church, but I don't feel like I got the personal relationship. So I was always a little bit um, judgmental of her, she had skeptical a relationship. About yes, her. like she had a relationship with the Lord, but it was so different from mine. Mm-hmm. And then as I, as I first, I mean, her funeral was the best funeral I've ever been to in my mm-hmm. whole life. And I learned things about her at her funeral that I never saw in mm-hmm. life. And isn't that weird that you just, like I didn't, I saw it from somebody else's perspective, mm-hmm. not the daughter who was, Put on your jacket, Kelly, mm-hmm. and make sure you wear your lipstick when you go out on your date. I'm like, seriously, mm-hmm. mom. You know, 
but then to hear it from other people's perspectives. And then, of course, you become more like your mother as you age. But I just see where it was just a different time. And it's not that she didn't have a relationship with the Lord. Hers just was more personal and mm-hmm. she didn't, she didn't express you know, it. Yeah, really she didn't. Much. And so how, how do you think that that's affected you or how do you feel like God's... I just feel like it's made me... Um, worked with you in that. Be more aware of how I communicate with my kids, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and and definitely know it, just realizing that we don't ever know what's going on in somebody else's mm-hmm. life. And just because somebody presents themselves this way doesn't mean what you think it means. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you don't know what it means. So you just have to go in with the fact that everybody has their own struggles and you have no idea what's mm-hmm. going on. And God loves them just as he loves you. Yeah. And that's been huge in that. Um, and really just being a parent and seeing my kids um, in their own faith. And have theirs be real to them. And get to witness that. Yeah, way mm-hmm. earlier than it ever was mm-hmm. for me. That's so neat. And to have people like you, Laura, who came, who said to me today, Oh, I love your kid, Luke. And just to have people come up to you in the church and, and say things um, about... Like, oh, I love that your son does this, and I love that mm-hmm. your son does this. And to hear other people's perspective and and get it and not just see them in the way I see them at home. Because, sure, everybody's different at home. You know, mm-hmm. the people you love the most see the worst of you. Sure. And I'm saying that about myself. Sure. Like, when I was taking that Enneagram test, I was like, well, it depends on if you're talking about my family or if you're talking <laughs> yeah. about other people, you know. Because, I unfortunately, I think our family sees the worst the of us. Yeah, but I think it's just helped me to open my eyes more to um, the way God sees people. Have y'all ever seen the movie Big Fish? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, I might send you home with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, it's one of my all-time favorite movies. One, it's a Tim Burton movie, and so it's just like visually beautiful. Mm-hmm. But the premise of the movie is this son who goes home and his father is dying. And um, he he goes home and he has this very complicated relationship with his dad where he feels like his dad is kind of just a blowhard, you know, for lack of a, a better mm-hmm. word. Like in, and his dad is like, doesn't follow through on things, is a liar, is, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, everybody else is charmed by his dad. Oh, okay. And he sees this other side of his dad and it's, hurtful and painful Mm -hmm. and um and then uh, and of course I the the, part of the reason why I love this movie is I I actually think it's a fantastic movie period but also Mm -hmm. like I so identify with that in my relationship with my mom Mm -hmm. okay some 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 of this thing and um or some of the, the the way the story goes but at the end of the movie, I'm going to, like, ruin it, but, like, I feel like if you haven't seen this movie and it's, like, 25 years old, that's on you, Amy. <laughs> that's on you, Amy Iote. I'm, gonna, I'm like, like, okay. I'm going to blame Kelly Iote because he's always the one. He will spend hours trying to find a great movie that he's like, I want you boys to watch this with your mom. Like, we, you know, at some yes. point it's hard to get four people together to watch mm-hmm. a movie. But well, this say, one's, a, need to this watch one's a great one. I'm going to go ahead and ruin it for you and all of the listeners. But if it's been 20 years, I feel like I've ruined movie endings a couple of times. But I mean, like, I think Oh, anything. I did. One time I I ruined, I'm, I'm, I'm edit alerting my edit alert. 
Um, one time I ruined the ending of, what's, what's that Bruce Willis movie where he sees dead people? Yeah. <laughs> Sixth Sense. <laughs> okay, yeah. I think one of the episodes I told people. <laughs> yeah, but it's the Sixth Sense. I mean, it's a hundred years old, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know. But like, you know, that's the whole movie right. is like, he's like, <laughs> he's seen dead people. Like, right. like it made more sense to us. Which is probably one of the worst movies to ruin if somebody hasn't seen yeah, it. Yeah, I know. But again, <laughs> if it's been, it's like 25, 30 right. years. Right. If you haven't seen it at this point. It's, right. Yeah. It's, I'm, I don't know what to tell you. I'm then sorry. you're probably old enough that yes. you're going to forget what right. she said anyway. So, so, so back to so back to Big Fish. So Big Fish, he the end of the movie ish. Um, he's he shows up at his dad's funeral. Throughout the whole movie, you the dad is telling the wild son, outlandish the stories. son and his his new wife who he has maybe just recently met or something. Um, these wild outlandish stories and and they're told and then they kind of transport you into this Tim Burton world mm-hmm. where like. You know, Tim Burton is like mm-hmm. is, is bringing the dad's story to life, and it's fantastical and wonderful and hard to believe. Right. And you get to the end of the movie, and he shows up at the dad's funeral, and you see this shadow, like like this shadow people of what his dad has been talking about all these years. I, I I don't think I can ruin it for you because I don't think you can prepare yourself for what like that. There was that, like there was some truth yes. in what his dad mm-hmm. had always. He was said. a great storyteller. Right. He was a great storyteller, but there was some truth to what mm-hmm. he was saying, mm-hmm. and um, and it made a good movie. it made you see his dad. Like now, from my perspective, again, for me, that I was like, I felt ever all of the rage and anger and frustration mm-hmm. that the um, that the son right. felt. And then I saw that, and it softened my heart because mm. I, because it made me see a little bit of the magic there, mm-hmm. yeah, and um, and and the magic that his dad had, and 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 the magic that my mom has, mm, and right. um, and where that doesn't er- to- it doesn't totally erase the hurt and pain, mm-hmm. whatever. But it's like it's kind of like what you're talking about, like. We don't. We don't know the like even the, even our parents. Right. We don't know them. We, we right. don't, not not we don't we we don't know anybody but ourselves. Right. As as well as we think we do. Right. And um. Well, that's what I was actually going to ask you that because you had said that you and your mom never really transitioned into that adult more friendship. Right. Is that something that you would change as your boys get older? Yeah, I mean, I hope. Well, and I, I mean, I just observed you and Luke on Sunday. Right. And it, it, y'all seem very comfortable with each other. Like, it seemed friendly. That feels weird to right. talk about, like, a mother and right. son. But, like, I could see that being easy for you. It's easy for me, but I think it's hard for him. Mm. I mean, you still, um, I think it's, and maybe it's, I didn't even have brothers, so... Boys are different than girls, and so I don't. I think maybe there was a different tension with my mom and I because mm-hmm. she was a woman, and um, mm. I do feel like I'm close to my boys, but I still feel like um, I hope that you know, as they grow up and as they have kids, that they'll they'll trust me, and I mean, I trusted my parents to take care of my mm-hmm. kids for sure, but just that they'll see. I think because we have that more common bond of. Um, a more shared faith, like mm-hmm. we talk about it and we um, pray about it, and we, mm. um, I mean, we prayed for meals growing up, you know. But just mm-hmm. I feel like we have more of that spiritual bond mm-hmm. than I had 
with my mom that that we do have somewhat of that. But I think that part of that's really a decision on the child's part too, if they choose mm-hmm. to open up to you. Mm-hmm. And and that's but but as they but as they age I think you do have an opportunity to tell them things about yourself that yeah. that you know if if you don't share those things with your kids they don't see you as a real human being. Kind you tell of. them about those party days at tech. Exactly. At tech. Yeah. <laughs> guns up, sons up. <laughs> Amy, now I can't even do it. Now you I can't even say it right. Say it right. See if you can even say it Amy right. Amy Iote. No. no I'm oh my it gosh. Okay. I, okay. 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 Amy Iote. Okay. Thank Amy you so Iote. much to our special guest whose yeah. name well, we can't even nobody can say. I, know. I was what I was trying to say was a parenthesis. Amy Iote. Has her guns up. Like, she did. Yes, she I did. did. Yeah, I guns did. up, funds up. Well, thank you so much You're for coming on. Well. I are like we end these, and I always want to ask more and could keep on going, but I think people might start falling off to sleep, not wanting to listen to us <laughs> if we have three hour podcasts. Yes. Um, but you were lots of fun, and as you continue your Enneagram journey, and um, <laughs> along with Jess's judgment, <laughs> we would love to have you back. To That'd talk with fun. us some more. Learn, learn. Maybe y'all can learn as some you stuff learn. About I'll the send Enneagram. you. I'll send you some links that don't okay. come with, come with um the, the harsh judgment of of Jessica Denny. <laughs> I remind me to you. Ask one more question. Oh, big ask. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell us. It doesn't work. It doesn't work well when you, when you, when we don't read each other's minds. That's I, so well, funny. I, I I read your text, but then I thought I saw the time, and I thought maybe oh, wait, we, we just to, ignore it. Yeah, to but, cut it. Oh, we'll yeah. ask. If what is your big ask prayer? If if I think just that I would really listen to what God has for me this year, and that I would be able to rest in Him and mm. in the transition and in the you know being who He wants me to be. That that sounds so. <laughs> Can I put an edit alert? No, <laughs> I just added that right up. Yeah. We'll just sounds edit the whole awesome. end. Yeah. Like that whole end where Laura and I have this weird conversation. Yeah, <laughs> no, just part. call it. Yeah, it's not because of you. If we ever edited that out, it would be because of our weird like <laughs> minding to one another. But Laura not can, reading my mind. Can see that. Then I just say what the mime is. <laughs> I can't read your mind or your lips. <laughs> I was trying to. But yeah, well, she's I, so tired of listening to me talk. She's tired of listening to me. Probably yes. So. Um. Just that, just that I would really listen to um, the Holy Spirit. Mm. I think that we always need to do that, but I think um, that's something I really need to to do. I think those little three year olds this next year are going to be so blessed oh, having you, you, and just I think let them play as much as you possibly mm-hmm. can. Let them play, so you don't have to lesson plan that much. And that's <laughs> because the best you're allowed thing for to them. in a private school. That's you right. Let them and that's the most important important thing. Learn that's right. That's right. I'm a play therapist, so yeah. Awesome. Do do, do kids have the same aversion to the sand tray that I did in therapy? Um, I have an aversion to the sand tray when they want to play in it. Because then it gets all over your floor. It's everywhere. Yeah. That's funny. That's right. This is a really useful tool that we're not going to use. Just look at it and think about what it would be like. Well, thank you so much for coming on. You're very welcome.
very You should wrap it up because you do better at that anyway. I, I felt like if I hadn't derailed you and gone into that whole I, thing. I thought thing, I was actually doing a decent I job. I thought you were going to wrap the whole thing. That was, I was about to because. But now that I've messed it I up. I told you I'd go a really long time. <laughs> I know you did. Well, thank you, Amy. We really appreciate you coming on. And we hope you join us next time for Embarrassment of Riches. I had no idea. Whoops. Jess has one more question. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, just somehow salvage this. No